This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Shut up and sit down. Welcome to our Breakfast with Ben's Hockey Podcast for the week with Brian Metzer of the Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. He joins us weekly here on the Fans First Network to discuss the Pens. And you can listen to him on the Penguins Radio Network intermissions post-game Pens Live Weekly on Saturdays with Paul Steigerwald as well. Pens lose their most recent game against the St. Louis Blues. And of course, they lose to the guy from Gibsonia and Brandon Saad, who had two goals. Uh, Mets, I've always wanted to see Brandon Saad in a Penguins uniform for multiple reasons. Uh, the other day, I just wanted to see him in a Penguins uniform so he wouldn't score against the team. <laughs> You're right, Tim. Uh, he seems like he always finds a way to do that, and he did it big time against them the other night. He was flying. I thought he played one of his better games against them in a couple of years just because Saad, I think, a little bit is like almost forgotten about now. I mean, for many, many years, we all were like thinking, boy, you'd love to have this kid in town. And he's bounced around the league a little bit, and he seems to have found a home in St. Louis at this point. But he always burns the hometown team. He now has 19 points and eight goals in 21 career games against them. So um, I think he's trying to send a message that, hey, Ray Shiro should have selected me because they, they passed essentially on him twice. Uh, but, you know, when getting chances to, to draft him and did not didn't end up with any of those Pittsburgh kids, unfortunately, which is still a head scratcher. They were all right in the backyard here and they let them all go. He is only uh, second to JT Miller in terms of scoring out of the Pittsburgh class. I mean, he's right there at the top of that group. He was so talented, the Pine Richland kid, and now he's doing it against them at the NHL level. So 
to have that happen, it was the kind of the kind of thing you you just didn't have an answer for. Who are we kidding? If they drafted him, they just would have traded him as a prospect anyway. Well, there's no doubt about that. Probably for a defenseman. <laughs> I mean, Ray Shiro used to love them. You know, it was always, uh, you know, that's that's essentially what he took. We were joking about this on our broadcast, Tim, that they selected Joe Morrow when they probably could have taken Brandon Saad. And then I forget who they ended up taking in the next round when he was still on the board. But uh, the fact that Joe Morrow, who just signed in the UK, uh, according to Seth Warbaugh over at the Trib, I think Seth wrote a story about it 27 days ago or so, saying that Morrow is now playing hockey in England. So what that tells you all that you need to know about that first-round draft pick. What about the rest of the game itself, Mets? What did you take away from it? I was pretty disappointed, I guess, with the showing. Uh, when you see the way the Penguins went about business in that game, they they looked a little disjointed. They couldn't really get things going. They, they overactivated the defense a little bit. And I just think generally they're they're doing what they did last year where you're, you're just getting outplayed in your own zone whenever there's a team coming in on the rush and they just pass the puck around three penguins and score a goal the jake neighbors goal that he's uh it was the one um evgeny malkin and riley smith got caught up the ice and ryan shea who was making his debut in the national hockey league was back with chad ruedel who's been a famous name in the last couple of games chad ruedel's really been getting hung out to dry and looking very bad in the process, but they sat POJ and played Ryan Shea in his place. Well, those two are back trying to make a play with Kasperi Kapanen coming in with speed, just dances around Ryan Shea before laying a pass across uh, pretty much behind everybody. Jake Neighbors just standing in the crease. Jari overplayed uh, Kapanen, and he's essentially way out, out of his net Empty net for Jake Neighbors to just bang it in. That was ugly. I was very disappointed by that. Uh, and just those kinds of things happening over and over and over again. One thing that stood out to me, though, and I think you, you hear some talk about it with them saying that they made a lot of bad decisions in the hockey game. I think most of those bad decisions came in the offensive zone, and all, the, all of them almost resulted in odd man rushes the other way. At one point, and I don't know that this is the final, final count, but we were told a number from the TV broadcast truck that it was eight to one in terms of odd man rushes in favor of St. Louis. Uh, they, it seemed like way more than that. So I don't know that that's a game total, but they said that it was another big bugaboo for me is they had 27 shots blocked in the game, Tim, and 23 went wide. And you know, like I do almost all of those situations can result in an odd man rush because you hit a shin pad and it goes the other way guys take off up the ice with you kind of being caught flat-footed or the missed shots that just ring around the boards and go out of the zone and, and that, that becomes a breakout pass for them so not a good showing for the penguins and i'm not going to beat up tristan jari too too much but they're for all that he's been under siege which he really has been i think he's got a he, he's not necessarily looked to steal them a game yet so while he's not the cause of the losing he could do more to maybe help them turn one of these bad games into a good one with a huge save here or there not saying he didn't make some nice saves in the game, though. Are we going to see Nedeljkovic at some point over these next three games? I'd like to see him get in again. I was impressed by him, Tim, when he played in that back-to-back -back situation. He smothered pucks and bought them time when he needed to. He really slowed things down. He didn't kick out a lot of rebounds and give those big, juicy second opportunities very often in the game. Happened a little bit later in his start, but for the most part early when the Penguins needed him to, he was slowing things down, getting them a face-off, making a big save, 
doing all those little things that you want your backup goaltender to do. And let's not forget, I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but he came in here with some pedigree. This is a guy that hasn't looked good for Detroit the last couple seasons, but before that, he was a, a Calder candidate for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. He won the Calder Cup in the AHL for their farm team, and he's the kind of guy that looked like he was on an upward trajectory in the National Hockey League, and it kind of leveled out in Detroit, found his way back to the A, but now he looks a little bit more through the preseason and one NHL start for the Penguins as the guy that, that was a rookie of the year candidate for, for Carolina. So I'd love to see him get in because you don't want to overwork Jari either. I mean, this guy has proven that he can play a lot when he's healthy, but he's not always healthy. And I think that when they overwork him, he has more of a chance of getting injured. So why not use this guy if he's actually going to give you a chance to win a hockey game more so than some of the backups they had in past in the past couple of years. Brian Metzer with this Pittsburgh Penguins radio network. I misspoke before. I shouldn't say these next three games. It's actually four games at home. I was thinking about this week coming up. They do have the game on Monday the 30th against Anaheim as well. It's Dallas on Tuesday night. The Avs on Thursday night. Ottawa on Saturday the 28th. And then Anaheim on the 30th. And just looking at the standings right now, Mets, these teams, for the most part, except for Anaheim, they're playing pretty well, especially the Avs. Uh, if you yeah. look at what they've done to this point, they're 5-0. and uh, They're plus 13 in goal differential. Then the Stars are right behind them at 3-0-1. So those two are atop the central. That's going to be a tough back-to-back set. And, you know, a lot of us are expecting Ottawa to be better this year, and they're showing glimpses. Um, they're 3-2 and two to start. Then, like I said, you know, Anaheim might be a train wreck at 1-4. But these next three games this week, it's going to be tough for the Penguins, especially against those two Western Conference teams. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, it's I, I know Sid gets up for playing against Nathan McKinnon, but the abs right now are flying. And I, I saw, you know, a bunch of hockey media people talking about the game that the Avalanche played against Chicago last week where they had Connor Bedard go up against uh, the abs. And the league in all its glory uh, put that on at 1030 at night on the East Coast. So they were advertising it as if it was must-see TV. And then pushed it back, you know, as late as possible with the start time. But the, everyone said that the Avs were flying in that hockey game. And if they can stay healthy, they, they again look like they are probably the best team in the National Hockey League. So that's not going to be any kind of walk in the park. In Dallas, they have a bunch of speedy young forwards. I know that Tyler Sagan is still there and Jamie Benn is still there. But it's, you know, essentially, you know, young guys leading the way now. And they all can skate. And that's been the biggest problem for the Penguins to this point, Tim. It's, you know, you watch them dominate Washington. Well, they're faster than Washington. Everyone else that they've played that is fast beat them. I mean, that's why they're two, or, you know, that's why they're, they're now, you know, looking where they are at two and three. It's, it's just they're not in a really good spot in terms of playing against speedy teams. And that's what has been their undoing the past couple of years. So I think both Colorado and Dallas being able to move is going to give them some headaches. And then um, who knows, maybe even Anaheim with that last game of the of the four, that one might give them headaches because the Ducks almost gave them a, a season-killing loss last year. They're the type of team that has given the Penguins some, some headaches and uh, with their speed and their ability to play with those young forwards. And we know Ottawa has that too. So this four-game set on home ice could be a really ugly situation for them, Tim. And it may be reminiscent of last season where – when the Penguins started their year something like 4-0-1, and then they lost you know, six or seven games in a row, 
they they could be in a spot like that if they don't if they don't figure a way to play a little bit better defensive hockey against these faster teams. You worried about the bottom six? I'm not worried about them in terms of their play necessarily. I mean, a guy like Lars Eller, I think if they get a little bit more structure in their group defensively, I think he will be a huge asset. It seemed like if you listen to his comments after the game in St. Louis, he's scratching his head a little bit by how the rest of the team's forwards are playing defensively. That's something that's he's not used to. I mean, keep in mind, he played you know many years for Barry Trotz. He played for Montreal. I mean, he, he's played for teams that are usually pretty decent defensively. And to come in here and be you know pretty effective on the third line, I, I think he would be even more so if they get some structure. But for me, I like the work of the centers. They've been very good in the face-off circle for the most part. Um, I think that the third line the other night in St. Louis was the Penguins' best line, and that that was with the addition of Redeem Zahorna, who made his uh, return to the league after being sent down right after training camp. I think he added something to that line, and it really helped Eller and uh, Drew O'Connor start to generate some offense. They scored a goal in the hockey game. They had a, a, a huge shift in the first period that kind of changed momentum a little bit, even though the Penguins weren't able to build on it. But that really helped the cause. Their fourth line is maybe the one that, that could use some tinkering. Um, you know, Jeff Carter's probably been a little bit better than we thought he would to this point. Nola Chari's been good in face-offs. I like the way he plays the game. But overall, that line has been kind of non, a non-factor in many hockey games, at least in a way you would want them to be. So uh, maybe there, there's a little bit of a level of concern. I just think that, if anything, they need to find a way to get some pr- uh, productivity out of it in terms of goal scoring. Because up to this point, you're pretty much looking at no goals from anybody other than five of the top six players in the forward group and one defenseman on the board with a goal. So that's not going to cut it. You need more diversity in terms of who's scoring goals for you if you want to win hockey games. I mean, that's the way this team's supposed to play is they're going to score a lot. Well, it can't all just come from the top guys, or you're going to have games like you had in St. Louis where those guys aren't cashing in, and uh, you lose the game. A 15% power play with this amount of talent isn't going to cut it either. No, and you saw some changes on that just today uh, in their practice. They, they took... Uh, Ricard Raquel off of the top power play and move Brian Rust into that spot. I don't know that that's going to make much of a difference if they don't simplify it a little bit. They have just been, you know, trying to get too cute. And yeah, too the, the, the problem it. with the power play is not who's the fifth guy. Yeah, exactly. You, the you, the power play problem it. is what they're doing with the other four guys. Yep. It's just kind of, you know, a bunch of skill guys thrown out there and let them have their way. Well, I, I get it. You know, sometimes letting them kind of, kind of uh, freelance and do what they want to do, but you, you kind of got to rein them in a little bit at this point and say, look, we've got an all world power play specialist in a way. in Eric Carlson, you know, Sidney Crosby could be a monster on the power play. Gino's always been a good power play player, but you still got to say, okay, guys, let's draw up a couple of set plays here. Let's work the puck around. Let's get pucks to the net and create second and third opportunities. Look at these goals that are being scored against the Penguins. It's guys on top of the goaltender, dirty-type goals, knocking pucks in off of rebounds. David Perron scored one like that against them uh, in the Detroit game on the power play off of a rebound. You just don't see the Penguins doing it. They want to make this cute tic-tac-toe, beautiful, you know, sports center, top 10 
play of the night type goal. And it's just not going to cut it. As you just mentioned, you've got to take advantage of your power plays and you should be able to take advantage with the talent that they can employ. Honestly, one of their best power play players has been on the number two unit, Jeff Carter. He almost always just throws the puck to the net when he gets the opportunity. You just wish he'd be rewarded for it a little bit more because they, they might be getting some goals out of him uh, if it would go in. But I, I like the way he's just doing that. And maybe that's the guy that you should have thrown up on your number one. Just let him post up in front of the net and look for those kinds of chances when pucks come in. Mets, Connor McDavid, he's almost never been hurt. He's injured for about, what, a week or two with an upper body injury? Yeah, I saw um, at least one to two weeks, it said. And I, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, I mean, he's may, he may have missed a game here or there. But for the most part, I don't think he's really had any sort of extended absence since his rookie season when he had the shoulder dislocation uh, after being knocked down by, um, what was that, Benning of the Flyers at the time, if I'm not mistaken, where he knocked him into the boards. And so, really, that, that this is probably the first time that we're going to see this happen to him in a while. So, hopefully he gets back. I mean, he, he's obviously so vitally important to uh, his team and what they do. I'm looking up and down his stats right now, Tim. He's, he played 82, oh, 82 last year. 82, and then I, I can't remember what percentage of the COVID-shortened seasons he played, but it certainly looks like he played the bulk of those games. Yeah, he played most of them, but it was his rookie year is the, the outlier where he played only 45 because of that shoulder. So almost every year, he's just had a couple of games missed and, and largely been healthy. So um, that's not good for the league either. They've, they've made, for as much as they've been covering it in the first few weeks and putting games on nationally, because the Penguins have seen that happen where they start their own TV network, and I think their broadcast team has called two games of the five so far. Uh, so but they've made hockey tough to watch. I've seen people complain like crazy on Twitter or X, sorry, uh, about the their inability to find games that they want to see. I think tonight's game, there's one on the schedule, and it's only on the NHL network. Well, for cord cutters and all these other people, you might not be able to even find that game. And now you don't you take out one of your most marketable players from a team that's not going to play till late at night anyway. Uh, that probably hurts them for TV a little bit too. So uh, I don't think that they're too thrilled with McDavid going out of the lineup right now. All right, Mets, I looked it up. I think you were thinking of Scott Harrington. As the other defenseman that the Penguins took. Oh, they, yes, yes, Scott Harrington. They Which took boy. him after Saad, though. It was Joe, Joe Morrow was taken in the first round at pick number 23. Saad went at pick number 43, which was four picks after John Gibson went, by the way. Okay. Now, what, what happened, though, is you might have also been thinking of Adam Clendenning, who they traded for. They eventually Maybe. got Clendenning, who was taken before Saad, but uh, he was drafted initially by Chicago. I wonder if that's what I was thinking. I just had it in my head that the Penguins passed on him twice. I know that many general managers passed on him twice, which was head-scratching, that he finally ended up landing in Chicago. So uh, it, it's, it's just, when you look back at that situation, Tim, the fact that the Penguins couldn't come away with Saad, Miller, Trocek, Gibson... How do you not get one of those guys? Any one of them would still be in this organization, probably performing at a high level. They've all become impact players in the league with Saad and, and uh, Miller being the top two in terms of productivity. But all of them have been really good. John Gibson becoming a number one goaltender. And who knows? Maybe if you had him here, 
maybe even win another cup or two. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that's no knock on the guys they did have, but he's become a franchise type goaltender. It just, it's, it's a mind blower that none of those Pittsburgh guys ended up here. And I still, I still fully believe that that is one of the main things that caused the rift between David Morehouse and Ray Shiro. That was probably one of the big straws that broke the camel's back in that relationship because David Morehouse badly wanted a Pittsburgh kid out of that group to be drafted. Shiro just did what he always did and drafted a defenseman just like he did when the draft was in Pittsburgh. He trade Jordan Stahl and then used the pick on Derek Pouliot. It doesn't look as bad now because they were able to get Ole Mattis still later in the draft, but uh, in that first round, I mean. But for me, you pass on Tom Wilson, Philip Forsberg, a number of other talented players. Jacob Trubo was there, and you come away with Derek Pouliot. Four picks after Brandon Saad, Matt Nieto. Five picks after Brandon Saad, <laughs> Xavier Ouellette. <laughs> and how about this? I'll give you this one. Guess who was number 58 in that draft that year? So 57 players went before this guy. Oh, man. It's going to be somebody good. Nikita Kucherov. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. 57 and, no. players before Nikita Kucherov. Isn't that crazy when you think of that kind of thing? I mean, just to look at guys like that, that, that everyone passes on, and then the next thing you know, they just they, they explode. They become very good. You know who was taken, um, what, at the end of that first round that year, though? Ricard, Ricard Raquel. Raquel, right? Yeah, there's a, bu- <laughs> there's a bunch of guys that wound up with the Penguins in some capacity or another here. He was one of them. Oh, Marcus Granlund. Oh, you know what, though? Um, that's right, it's Marcus Granlund. Yeah, sorry, my bad, yes. Yeah, so I guess the the pain ends with the list that I gave. All right, Mets, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you for this. And, uh, boy, that's a sad memory that we just talked about. (laughs) Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.